this is the Roaring Elephant Podcast. And here I am with my co-host who has opinions, Jon. Hello, Jon. Hey, Dave. Um, thank you for that compliment. Having opinions <laughs> apparently is something we don't need to do anymore because every opinion has another opinion. Whenever somebody says yeah. one, that somebody else says the opposite. Exactly. This is the most wonderful thing about the internet. Uh, if you want to find out what the correct answer is to something, uh, you can find that uh, there is no correct answer. And in fact, multiple people think multiple things are true at any given time. But they can't all be true, so certainly. I mean... I mean, there's, there's your truth, there's my truth, there's the truth of the internet... Yeah, I guess the main problem with the truth of the internet is that maybe the factual basis is not as factual or basic as you might think. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to be circumspect here, but basically, yeah. Dave has found a couple of articles that he's co he's calling this our fight episode for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> not that we're gonna fight. <laughs> no, no, I think I think this is this is one where our thoughts are relatively closely aligned. Um, but the internet has very different views. So yeah, the 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 sort of premise, I guess, between behind this episode is uh, I was uh, doing my usual uh, morning search for what on earth we're we going to talk about this week, <laughs> and I came across two articles. One of which uh, says open source software usage is slowing down for fear of vulnerabilities, exposures, or risks. Doom we're doomed. Gloom. Yeah, we're all doomed. It's all going horribly wrong. The second article, however, says enterprise open source is on the up and proprietary software is on the way down. Um, so, like... Well, that clears it up. Let's close the episode. We're done. Yeah, there we go. So open source adoption is both up and down. Uh, thank you very much and good night. Um, no, I think we can, we can do a little bit of uh, digging a little bit deeper on this. But let's do let's let's start off with the like, let's start off with the, the, the assessment that neither of these two articles are uh, pristine, as shall we say, and uh, completely free of of any bias uh, and we'll get into why but like uh, do your own research do your own thinking um you know don't don't take anything as uh, as read on the surface like you always need to go a little bit deeper i think is is probably where we'll end up with this but let's see i mean the first one is probably the easiest one to uh Discredit is probably a little bit harsh, Make but discuss. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> um, which is the uh, uh, Anaconda released its annual State of Data Science report. And apparently um, they are saying that 40% uh, of professional respondents, so I don't know how many unprofessional respondents they had, <laughs> uh, indicated that their organization scaled back their open source software usage in the past year due to concerns around security. Yeah, I mean, I think I can agree with the fact that certain people have scaled back their open source software deployments because open source has been rising very much. People have been using it for everything and anything, and it, as everything has good and bad things, open source sometimes also doesn't work out the way it should. So it's okay for me to accept that some organizations have scaled it back. 
the biggest issue I have here is with the due to concerns around security. Yeah. That would not be the first reason for me to ditch some piece of software, especially because security is much broader than a software tool. Yeah. And the, there's also like we the the very first thing I think before we even go into like some of their supposed concerns are this is talking obviously about open source like the the article just says open source software usage slowing down doom gloom we're all going to die um, if I not say those last bits um, but the actual like survey bias is real and you know the anaconda survey is specifically talking uh, to a set of people in the you know data science ml ai industry slash world slash whatever um and a, they're talking about that particular sort of segment of um, open source adoption now yeah, what's not that makes clear it to me well it, it does make it even hard but also what's not clear to me is is they're not the the questions are not clear in terms of they don't actually give an understanding of is everything like everything in that space slowing down like have they slowed down all of their projects due to you know other concerns as mm -hmm. well or is it purely oh no like our our proprietary um ml ai and and data science offerings are accelerating at the expense of open source which i uh, I don't believe is very likely. Yeah, but the other hand, I also don't see people scaling down their ML AI things. Um, although, we haven't talked about that before as well, that ML is getting commoditized. It's getting built into commercial applications. Uh, so you could say we don't build our own models anymore. We're just going to leverage software that's out there we can buy. So we don't need data scientists anymore. We can just consume it. We don't have to do it ourselves anymore. And that might indeed lead to a drop in open source usage in favor of commercial usage. But that, yeah, so that would be a possibility, I guess. <clears throat> yeah, maybe. It's, it's, one of the, it's one of the things that, yeah, it's just sort of, it's not really very clear. And the, no. the report itself is uh, behind a... Uh, um, not a paywall, a an info wall that uh, I'm not prepared to go down. <laughs> um, so we'll, all we can do is look at this particular summary. But the the sort of if we go into like the security mm -hmm. concerns that they talk about, you know, the the first thing they bring up is the you know the the log4j breach and uh, the rise of protest where. I mean, the the I know that there have been a handful of libraries that have made the news fairly fairly sort of widespread at the time, but I, I maybe I'm very isolated in my view, which is very very possible. I, my experience is in a certain bubble, a certain area, a certain remit, mm -hmm. but I don't. I didn't have the impression that the protest wear sort of wave had actually really made anything shift in a particularly meaningful way. Like it was a blip. It happened. It got a lot of attention. Exactly. Everyone got on with their lives. 
was my impression. But basically that's what it changed. It got a lot of attention. So all of the marketeers out there have been using this now as a CUI open source is bad. And then you get articles like this that are using that FUD, let's call it that. I mean, that's what mm. it was. Well, that wasn't FUD because it was factual. It did happen. It was a handful. Yeah. It was a moment of protest. It didn't really affect the world of open source a lot. I mean, I mean yes, it did because there's some uh, crowdfunding, some money gathering yeah. has distribution has happened now. So that's a good thing. The, the, yeah. the cause has an effect. No problem with that. But I don't think people will in the long term ditch open source because, oh my God, that could happen because it could just, happen, just as well happen to closed source uh, software. Yeah, mm. no idea because uh, there's very little closed source software out there that isn't using open source. Yeah. Because the biggest blip was for NPM, which caused uh, that's the package manager of Node. Mm. You know, commercial software uses Node as well. Yeah. So yeah. It, it straddles the, the, the boat, both sides. It, it, it doesn't really make a sense. I mean, again, it was a big marketing thing. A lot of uh, stuff was written. So if you're going to write an article now with open source, you kind of have to talk about that too. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I think in here. The kind of, for me, the value is the uh, article again, <laughs> another time, another notch down the, the, the steps, because they are using this marketing overhypeness, hyping of that incident there. Not look for JBreach. That wasn't protestware. That was an actual bug in yeah. software. And yeah. um, breaking news, we heard it, you heard it here first, software has mm. bugs. <laughs> and some are serious and some are less serious. Yeah. That being said, if you had decent security setup in your environment, Log4j was something you had to fix, but probably didn't cause any issues. If you didn't yeah. have any security around your uh, tooling, whatever, uh, you sort of have bigger problems than Log4j. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so the next one that's kind of touted is talent shortages are distressing organizations. And, you know, there's there's a whole bunch of different statistics there. Um, and it talks about organizations' abilities to both recruit and retain technical talent. I, I, I'm, again, I especially, actually, especially in the uh, ML uh, AI and and kind of data science space, my understanding and my expectation is that there are there's far more talent available for open source offerings than there is for any of the um, closed sourced offerings that are in this space. So this doesn't this again doesn't really like mm. I think there are overall there are talent shortages. Yes, absolutely. But I don't think there are talent shortages just in open source. So this, again, doesn't ring true to me. Well, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. And okay. You're right for the shortages. I think shortage, there's a shortage for any, everybody at, at the moment. I mean, in this mm. part of the world, there's way more ask uh, demand than uh, supply of talent, of people, of human bodies, cannon fodder, whatever you want to call us. But if you want to talk about retention, uh, there's a difference. Because there is one way of reducing the risk of people with talent running away. And that's standardizing on a piece of software that only three people in the world know. And you're the only mm -hmm. one using it. 
Open source is not that. Open source is yeah. everywhere, and people learn ML and AI in school using open source tools. So they yeah. come up with the skills that you want because you want to use the open source tools as well because basically they're better than the closed source still at the moment and it's going to be that way for a while. But everybody else in the industry is also using those same tools. So yes, retention, if you, Mr. C CEO, CEO, whatever, aren't treating your people right and you can fill in what right means for your environment, mm -hmm. there will be a problem, a bigger problem with open source tools on retention because there's a lot of demand for those people. On closed source, if you haven't, been working with tool XYZ in the past, yeah, you, you, you kind of get that niche that's painted in the corner of uh, this is the one tool I know and I don't know the open source, so I have to keep working here because I don't know where else to go. I think the number of people that fall in that trap are small, I hope, yeah. because typically you would think that ML data scientists do have some kind of intelligence. <laughs> the brain cells should be present and you shouldn't let yourself paint in, uh, paint in that corner. But so yeah, that's how far I can go to maybe give the article some. <laughs> maybe try and <laughs> try and justify it. Okay, well let, let's let's look at the last uh, the last major bullet here, and it's around ethics, bias, and regulation needing more attention, especially in education. And this is just another one of these things that uh, I don't believe this has anything to do with open source, and in fact. You know, Jon, you made a really good point before we even started recording, which is that typically you would expect um, certainly bias, at least, and maybe ethics to be actually clearer and easier to understand in open source based solutions than proprietary, especially proprietary black box based mm -hmm. uh, options. So, again, this doesn't really feel like something that that plays into this. So, yeah. Yeah. Also the title, especially in education. I mean, yes, there is a lack of education around uh, ethics and bias and stuff like that. It's changing. A lot of university degrees now have an ethics course in there as well to make that a bit interesting. Things like government uh, laws that tell you your AI models must be explainable. You must be able to tell or demonstrate why system says no. It, it is changing in yeah. education, but because education is, I think, 99% using open source tools, mm. those will be the first ones that get that influx of ethics and bias thinking in there. Yeah. The closed source or the closed source expensive tooling isn't being used in education. So if this is what the author is trying to say, he has it upside down, left to right, whatever, inside out. Because open source will, as you said, already is the better place to be, I think, because it's yeah. in the open. People discuss about discuss it. And education will make it even better that way. So how this can then become a reason to go away from open source? Yeah, I, yeah no. Even, I, mean, I, even there, I can't find a way. Yeah, <laughs> there is actually, there's, there's a, a statistic here that I just find really just bizarre. And I, I, I fully admit that I'm no, absolutely no expert in this space, but there is a, a statistic that only 19% of student respondents are currently learning ethics in AI, ML, data science, and 32% of students rarely or have never been taught about bias in AI, ML, data science. And oh, that just, I'm not sure whether that's survey bias or... 
like how the question was framed or no i think I, this is factual because really? probably of all the people that were surveyed 80 percent was over 30 over 40 and in those days we did not have ethics courses in, 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 in or classes in education this I is a recent thing so i don't think so because it talks about um especially the first statistic only 19 percent it specifically says 90% of student respondents. So these are people that are currently students. Yeah, but also ethic and ethics and stuff, that's one course in your four-year degree. And you will probably see that for one semester or something like that. So currently, it's very easy yeah, to miss that time. I don't know. I would, I would ex the reason that I'm so down on this is I would expect specifically bias to be something that would be woven throughout like um because uh, bias is such a huge part of of machine recently. learning of models of data uh yeah we have bias and bias right i mean there's the idea in the data engineering and data science where you have to have a data set that has uh, that is kind of um how do you call it equally distributed across all the options around in there mm. and that's the bias of your data set yeah. The bias that they're talking about here is things like, for example, uh, almost all image recognition tools out there are primarily pointed towards Caucasian males. Mm. That's a bias in the model. Even though the data set was pretty homogenous, there was just less data from other ethnicities. And that's what made these things a problem. Same thing with... Uh, mortgage or lending approvals, mm. things like that. Yeah. Uh, again, there's a bias there because there was more data available of those demographics because of the places they were built. Most of these mod uh, algorithms were created in the US. Yeah. I mean, there will be a bias in there and just being aware of that is something that's very recent because the whole image recognition thing, I mean, wasn't a scandal, but the, I think it was a couple of years ago that there was yeah, a US government, I, um, the, yeah. the, the judicial system kind of did a pre-screening on the defendants, if they would be guilty or not guilty or something like that. And that had a clear bias in there. Again, because the, uh, the, behind, the, the behind the scenes models that were used were trained on data that wasn't complete across the entire world. That is fairly recent. But yeah, that is a couple of days, still a couple of years old. So you yeah. would expect that today this should be part of any curriculum out there. That also being yeah. said, if I'm doing a, a master's in mathematics, I might have to consider myself a data scientist, but just purely focusing on mathematics. Mm. Would there be an ethics course in a mathematics master? It's such a broad thing, right? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I, I think it just, uh, when I see statistics like that, I get quite... <laughs> depressed i just think that's that's such a worrying mm, yeah, definitely. number but i think it's still a lot of work to be done there i think mm. we're just starting to do this because also if you're trying to uh, entice students to take your courses you want to give them machine learning stuff you want to give them mathematics yeah you don't um, want to be talking about the dull stuff you want to be talking about the nerdy tech stuff yeah i mean Time your army plants and animals. Uh, that's not what I wanted yeah. to learn at school either. Uh, I wanted the hard STEM stuff. Mm. It's also there a little bit. Um, mm. But at some point, every course out there will have a component of this. It'll always be a small component, probably in the first or the last year, just check in the box. We have talked about this and our students are all prepared for the world now. But mm. it will always be small because 
Oh yeah, I mean, there's also the thing that ethics and bias, is that something you need to learn in school? Or is that something you should kind of have as, I'm going to use that word again, common sense. <laughs> <laughs> Which we all know, unfortunately, isn't very common. Uh, yeah, I, I just think that this, the, the whole kind of premise of this article, I think, to me at least, comes down as being just very, very flawed and... and yeah, I mean, they had the, titles, a, the titles clickbaity for a start. They had a message they wanted to send, and they mm. sent the message. Yeah. So, do we still have time to talk about the other article? <laughs> I think we do because I don't think there's necessarily <laughs> that much too much know, yeah. to say about the the other article, apart from the fact that, as I said at the start, like the really neither of these articles are perfect because you know this particular article. Um, is is a survey um, from Red Hat um, on the State of Enterprise Open Source report, where they surveyed 1,296 IT leaders around the world, and surprise, surprise, Red Hat surveying you know their a bunch of leaders probably. for their State of Open Source report um, <laughs> suggests that. 45% um, of their software is proprietary and they expect it to drop to 30%, 37%, sorry, within two years. Um, and it just, you know, I don't think there's anything, there's any necessary need to drill into the rest of the I just want to give this article. one here. The, yeah, the yeah. 89% saying that open source is as or more secure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's just... This to me comes back to what we said right at the very beginning. Like there, there are lots of opinions out there. Um, opinions are like uh, oh no, I can't, you can't, can't say, say that. Podcast. Podcast. Opinions, nope. opinions are like uh, are like are like things that everyone has. Orifices, um, orifices that everybody has, and they and all are different in their own unique, wonderful way. So you know, there's there's a lot of data out there, and it's up to you to figure out. Um, if you're using it for nefarious processes, <laughs> like <laughs> using the bias of data <coughs> to suit the story that you're trying to tell, <laughs> or um, maybe you could uh, come up with a slightly more informed opinion yeah. and uh, and look at look at all the views. And the main bad thing about articles like these is. Uh, people need curation. You, you, if you do all this, the work yourself, that's very time-consuming. Good yeah. curation is hard. Now, the register has never had the reputation of being unbiased and truthful. Uh, truthful, perhaps, yes, but not. they're a bit hyperbolic in all their articles. It's the registers, what they do. The other guys I had never really heard of. This site had helpnetsecurity.com, whatever. But again, just doing a search on the internet... Yeah, there be dragons. Indeed. Indeed. And with that, unless you have anything else to add to this fight topic. Nope, I'm all done fighting. Then, I'm all about the loving now. Then this fight is over for today, and I'll leave this other part up to you. I'm not going there, <laughs> but people can support this podcast by becoming patrons. We love our patrons. <laughs> Contributions help us keep this in the air. We're on YouTube. You can like, subscribe, hit notification bells, do YouTube stuff that Dave likes so much. You can go to www.roaringelephant.org. There's links there to the Patreon page, the YouTube stuff, and all the other things we do. And you can follow us on Twitter using the at Roaring Elephant tag. Email you can send to podcast at roaringelephant.org. Let us know what we, should, what we should talk about next time because it's winter time and we need inspiration. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. 
And with that, until next time, my name is Jon, or maybe it isn't. And my name is Knockout Dave. <laughs> and we look forward to talking to you again next week with a much more peaceful demeanor. Vibe, maybe. See you then. Goodbye.